Hello, hello, Jeremy here. Thanks so much for pressing play today. All right, this episode, like many of the ones that I uh, am planning on recording and have recorded already, came out of a spontaneous career discussion, this time with a close friend of mine named Mike Amato, as you have seen. Uh, Mike is currently launching his career as an early stage product manager kind of guy. He's really good at helping entrepreneurs figuring out what to build, which is really important, via user research, experiment design, prototyping. He's a highly empathetic individual. He knows how to work with the designers and the engineers and the customers and all the stakeholders to build the truly minimum viable product needed to validate a hypothesis, which, if you're not familiar in the startup world, is pretty much uh, your, uh, your ticket to success uh, or failure. But... Mike has a hard time communicating this value to potential employers or even clients. He's considering freelance and consulting work as well. Any of these innovative companies that we hear about on Inspiring Careers or anywhere else would be lucky to have him. But the traditional talent filters suck at seeing people like Mike for their potential. So if you've struggled with this problem yourself of communicating your value, or if you just want to understand um, what is wrong with the current job hunting, recruiting uh, processes and systems that most companies use, definitely listen to this episode because we're going to discuss just how bad those filters are and how we get around them. Uh, treating yourself like a consultant, a company of one, you Inc., going above and beyond to catch employers' attention, focusing your efforts on specific companies you find interesting, solving problems, adding value to their work, why this, is, this approach is just 10 times more effective at turning into a job than the classic job application method. Um, Mike's concern about being potentially too different with his approach to applying to jobs uh, and how I feel like it's actually a great measurement of workplace culture. It's a great filter for whether you would actually want to work there. Um, also, Mike's vision for the future of education technology and how having your own vision, mission, opinions, and processes about the world and how you do your work can help you stand out so far out of the picture from every other job candidate and be seen instead as a trusted partner that companies want to work with. So I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed uh, having the conversation and I'll stop there. Have a great day. Okay. Um, okay. Ask me your question one more time. All right. So I am a uh... I'm in a job search moment in my life. I'm yeah. searching and applying to jobs. Um, but on the uh, on the back burner, I'm thinking that this can't really be my primary source of income. So I have other projects and things I'm working on as I go. Um, but as I apply to jobs, I question the time I'm spending applying to jobs. Um, it may take up an hour to complete a full application. Maybe I can get it to go a little bit faster. Because um, you're putting extra work in so the, i'm putting thought into them yeah um and i usually try to wait until one kind of sticks out a little bit more i can go on one click a whole bunch of linkedin things but those ones i get fast no's so um i i get the i get the moving on with somebody else candidate thing really fast so that's fast turnover and yes it could be a numbers game um but and i can go click on them all day long I'll, if i see them i'll click at it uh, it only takes like 
five minutes. Um, but on some of them, I'm like, you know, if I just spend a little time on this, I could create something kind of um, individual. Um, and then most of the time I can reuse that thing or it's a part of my portfolio now. But um, I haven't been getting um, a lot of callbacks on specific jobs that I'm applying to. And I'm concerned that I'm like doing things too different and I need to look a little more normal as a applicant, I guess. That's kind of the, so when um, we're working on some of this stuff, um, inspiring career stuff, I'm curious um, if we were to drop something like a notion page with some content and a story and an embedded video into the cover letter section, um, when that HR person or manager clicks it and reads the cover letter and they were expecting, you know, some mm -hmm. bland, to not right. not to whom it may concern, but, but uh, yeah, like cover that's letter. What they expect. Yeah. yeah. If that is if that's what they were expecting, are they glowing when they see something like this, or are they nah? I asked for something very specific. If you can't <laughs> give me what I specifically asked for, mm -hmm. then maybe you couldn't d deliver specifically what I asked for if you were working here. Kind of mindset. So I'm just curious. So there's there's I think two components to factor in for that that question or like whether that happens or not, how they, how they react, how they perceive um, a better form of outreach, a different form of outreach. Yeah. There's their side, which is in, in this way, this is a way that you can actually um, uh, filter for people who are open to how you would approach problems in the workplace. This is true. Versus people who would not be open to that um, yeah, so it's a good filter in the sense that like people who, who vibe with it are going to vibe with it. People who don't aren't, and that's helpful. Secondly, you can optimize the number of people who vibe with it by increasing, by improving your presentation of the thing. The reason why I think these notion pages are really cool and effective um, is because it's not, it, it's, it's all in one place. And that's what Crash was getting right, has been getting right as far as the pitch builder, is that it's all on one page that's multimedia. But you don't need a video necessarily. It just needs to be personal and it needs to be straightforward to consume. And Notion naturally like gets that right. So you build the Notion page like this, it's straightforward to consume. It reads like a cover letter. But here you've got a Calendly scheduling link where they can schedule time on your calendar. Maybe you made a video or maybe you made some type of project that you want to feature, but then you can write more, you can, you can format it, right? And so for somebody to scan at a glance, even I don't expect them to read all of this unless they get really interested in it, but high level. And, and this should have been an H1, right? Because it's something that they do need to read. I've built two civic engagement projects so far. Now they're like, oh, this guy's okay. Like they, I got their attention. They want to know what the engagement, the civic engagement projects are. And so I'm making the, the information simple for them to digest. And then I, again, I should have put an H1 here and showed, okay, now I'm not talking about my civic engagement projects. I'm talking about general design work and my ability to do product design, which is what the role was for. And then an ending. So it's, it's a multimedia cover letter that is simple to digest, but powerful if somebody chooses to spend more than a few seconds on it. It's interesting you bring up multimedia because that's what's going on right now. Now I have 
these work samples. Now I have these links and I was like, well, where do I put the links if they don't have a link to samples of work section? So, because <laughs> um, sometimes you reference the, uh, the project or media in the cover letter. And I was like, is it t taboo to put a link in the cover letter? <laughs> and so, um, no, I get the multimedia aspect. Okay. And yeah, so to, to your to your point though, some some like recruiters or, or hiring managers are going to see that the cover letter the cover letter field which was supposed to be at least 500 characters or whatever yeah yep. or like whatever it is yep. is actually a link and they're going to be like what do i do with this like i'm not trying like if they didn't take the time to like follow the instructions then i'm not even going to pay attention yeah. and just remember that that's good for you because that person, that hiring manager would not be, like you would not work, probably not work very well with that person. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Now, the other reason, or the other thing to keep in mind too, is that you're talking about submitting this through an application form on a website. Yeah, yes. But remember, you have the power to go and find the decision maker and their email address and also send it to them directly. And you always want to do that if you're going to take the time to make something more than very true. a very basic application. Yes. Like if you're going to time, take the time to do a little more, you want to make sure it that, it's, that they see it. Um, and so the online application forms are, again, the, the filtering mechanisms are not built to find people who go above and beyond. And so you have to go above and beyond <laughs> uh, in order for them to see you that way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't. We're at the beginning, so yeah. The beginning how, of this. how does that feel, though? Does that resonate? It does. It does. Um, I think. Uh, I think I want to believe everything you say. <laughs> um, but winning. Um, and but I think the scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. sets in a little bit and you're like thinking about how you're paying thing paying for things um and i think that fear makes you think it's possible that um what you're saying isn't true and that i yeah i think that's simply all it is this is how i would do it if i know knew i could feed myself this is how i knew it if i could how i would do it if i could take care of the fundamentals mm -hmm. um but yeah. the, but the thing to keep in mind too is like just like we have a lot of like societal wiring right like like cultural ideas about how things should be blah 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 so too have we built a a sort of acceptance for how we think we're supposed to job hunt and we're talking specifically about jobs here since this is stuff that's pretty standard to any freelancer who uh, hmm. like any freelancer who knows to do outreach like this stuff is just like it's not a matter of convincing them to do that because they, they don't have a choice you have to do this but with job hunting we have fallen into the the belief that a company must raise its hand and say we need a graphic designer in order for us to do graphic design for those companies when in fact the point here is by focusing on companies that are interesting to you and they don't have to be game-changing life-changing interesting this has to be interesting and if they're interesting if they seem exciting seem inspiring to you to just focus on the conversation around do they have a problem that you can help solve 
how can you help solve that? Starting to consult a little bit and just, just sort of be confident in like your ability to like have those conversations and create value for them. Even if, as we talk about a lot, you don't know how to, how to solve the problem that you can, you know, approach it and just say like, I'm interested in what you're doing. I, like I'm, I'm going to take it upon myself to help you solve this. Like that is 10 times more effective at converting <laughs> into a job than the jobs, than yes. the job applications, the agree. classic flow. Yes. I so agree. one is quantity over quality. And the new way is quality over quantity. Now you still do need to hit numbers. You okay. do still need, you can't just do five awesome, you know, reach outs and hope that one converts if you need to know where your, where your rent is coming from next month. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you still have to get at least five a week and yeah. do a solid, if you can do 20 high quality outreaches within a month, you're pretty much guaranteed at least a couple of paid contracts. If not, I mean, yeah, like a 10% conversion rate, right? Two out of 20 is absolutely doable because this process converts so much higher than the classic way that we think we're supposed to job hunt and waiting for permission to company for permission from companies, you know, in the form of a job posting saying we're hiring, you know, salespeople. And then all the salespeople, ah! yeah. instead you're saying, Hey, you, okay. I like what you're doing I get it, yeah. and I want to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> and no, they're like, right. fuck yeah, let's give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm excited for this. I'm at the beginning of this, this approach, uh, this go around, um, in the past people have known me going into something or I had something that opened a door and I walked through the door kind of opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, just did something that somebody could see or engage with, um, or they saw engaged with something when I was in person, and um, that would lead to an opportunity. So this is the, this is the first time um, trying to apply and get in on things that I can't meet the person physically, mm -hmm. or um, yeah, meet the person physically or network in yeah but so this is interesting no yeah and we won't get into other ways to network obviously there's communities there's yep. events yep. All, all that kind of stuff but um yeah and all those things are part of building up the momentum um yeah i'm just such a like i'm so and i believe in it so much and sauce tells me um i used used to think that um but i don't anymore but i i just so believe that working on projects working on other things and all your your meet like the meantime free time you have um that will lead to more things um because i'm going to be pushing myself i'll be doing my skill set still um and i think that will just lead to things and so that's what I'm I'm optimizing for is I want to have time to do things with people mm -hmm. and things that I believe in I think could make good progress because um, so for some reason those turn into things and it has all in the past and I have no reason to deviate now um, because right now the application thing is not working so <laughs> um, I'm all, I would rather go all in with my projects because I'll be a lot less regretful at the end of it so yeah so that's kind of the approach now but this is yeah now I what I'm realizing is. People need me to show up and help them not be stuck um, and make progress on whatever they're working on, um, especially with products. Um, so I now I'm interested in this, pr approaching it as a consultant. 
Um, and that's perfect because when you treat yourself as a company of one and you look at employers or clients as potential partners where you say, and this is something I need to actually add to the career OS. Um, when you develop a core thesis that says, I want, I, I want to advance the state of education. Now, not only do you have a focus for the kinds of companies that you're going to specifically look for, of course, you can entertain inbound or if you happen across something that's not education focused, like, mm -hmm. but it's interesting. Like, of course, you can do that. Um, but now you have a direction in which to focus your outreach efforts and you have a shared objective. You have a shared interest that aligns you beyond I'm a candidate and I can do this project manager job you know, will you hire me? You're coming to the table and you're saying, hey, you and I are both trying to advance the state of education. I dig what you're doing with your company. I don't have a company. I am a company of one. And I'm looking to, to plug in my skills and my, my passions and my processes. And this is an important one. If you, as a job seeker, develop your own processes for achieving various kinds of results like again it's about being that consultant being that proactive i do x type of work in order to have y impact on the world i need to figure that statement out for myself <laughs> I need okay. to figure that yeah because <laughs> people are asking me what i do and i'm like oh damn i i just haven't built up the confidence and repetition and saying and establishing what i do i just often just do it Mm -hmm. I don't often have to communicate what I do. Um, I'm, I just find myself on the project doing the thing. Um, so I definitely need to get this statement down because when I tell people, you know, you know, you're a product manager or I help progress products in their earlier stages, um, some people get it. People that work with products and startups do, but um, a lot of people don't. So I just have to think of something simpler and to the point I guess yeah well and, and we've, we've we've talked a lot about what your val what I find your value to be in terms of helping me build inspiring careers and find product market fit but it's that dude like you're you're a validator like you are I mean you're more than that but like your value to somebody who does not have product market fit is that you're extremely good at mm. finding product market fit in a lean way Okay. B building the thing that is going to make the most progress with the least amount of resources. That's insanely valuable. And so if you want to help ed tech companies find product market fit, <laughs> like now you, like now you have that, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, and you can expand on this, but I, um, uh, discover, I discover product market fit or I, I discover um, I yeah yeah fuck man I like I help ed tech companies find product market fit like ed tech startups and then you have to like you have to know your audience like it like you can really help pre product market fit startups so you have to be willing if you choose to work with ed tech startups you have to be willing to accept what it means to work with a startup which is a lot less predictability, yeah. a lot more volatility, yeah. a lot less structure, uh, you know, process, all of that. Um, 
more upside, certainly. More potential upside. Hmm. Um, but yeah. I think I would have thought that statement is too simple originally, but maybe that's... Uh, yeah, that's what I do. But think about what it does. Yeah. You want to do that for ed tech companies. Yeah. It so does, yeah. you're calling it out and... Or you want to work with ed tech companies. You want to advance the state of education. Yeah. Uh, and you have opinions about how it's being done, which is why you agree. You 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 value um, tracts approach yeah. and like specific companies that. or sp- specific groups of people and people. Yeah. Yeah. And so th- the simplicity behind I help ed te- pre product market fit ed tech startups find product market fit. Yeah. Um, through an intuitive process of working directly with users and uh, talking with engineers, knowing how to talk with engineers uh, and designers and bringing those three, uh, those three um, pieces together. Yeah. And that's what you do. And um, uh, uh, the opinion. Oh, and, and, and you believe that education can improve in XYZ ways which maybe you can verbalize here that will compel like it literally puts you from like I'm a job seeker who can who can be a product manager to no like I'm on a quest to help education be badass and whether or not you're doing it the way I think it should be done I'm going to impose my opinion on you and then if we agree fantastic let's go to the moon and if we don't agree that's okay yeah how okay. do you think techno- uh, education should advance? <laughs> uh, well, what did you agree with about Tract? Uh, the content creator approach for educators. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing educators, teachers, um, approaching educational content, learning content, um, the way YouTubers and people mm-hmm. on TikTok are approaching content. Uh, and I think that I think that's where we're going because it doesn't matter what your credential is necessarily when teaching a subject. If you teach it well and you have that credibility from like the world and everybody around from you, proof that you can teach it well. Yeah, because you're doing you do it, it yeah. and people were like, "I learned from that thing you did," and you know, um, and there's comment sections, and there's thumbs up, and there's views, and there's all these other forms of credibility. If we have all these forms of credibility, then it doesn't matter who you are. We, you just need your content seen. And what's happening is, um, and this is already happening in a light form, teachers find something online and they plug it into the classroom. I have this lesson on yeah. phonics um, in reading and writing. Um, so they find a cool video that a YouTuber did somewhere that That's right. because of their background in probably education, if you're making a video on phonics, or that it's their you know PhD program and they wanted to make something a little fun for their program and they happen to put a five minute video of phonics out and it got some traction and that's what ends up in a fifth grader classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is already happening, Khan Academy, you go use their videos. So we're already tapping into content this way. Um, But now we're seeing people that are okay with putting themselves on camera, teachers. Yeah. Yeah, and so they, now they can do it when they can't find something. That's right. And some people are being very com- they can be very comfortable on camera. Can do that one take on something. <laughs> and people who who can't can benefit from those who can create Absolutely. and can lend credibility and validation to it. Because if 2500 uh, English teachers across the nation are basically vouching for this 
teacher's content that she's created because if, if 2,500 other teachers are saying, this is what I want to use in my content, yes. then we know that that's effective even if it was created by somebody who has zero credibility otherwise. Yep. So the, the role of the teachers, I think, is not necessarily just to create. Yeah. It's also to... Facilitate. Well, to facilitate, to curate, to lend the credibility to the creator mm -hmm. where you can actually decouple education into two pieces the people who are like certified to say what's what's right and what's not and what's good yeah. and what's not yeah. and the people who make all of the shit yeah that then goes through that filter yeah yep yeah. and so you okay so you have that you have the content creator and then you have that teacher in the classroom and you're right teachers are the decision makers kind of mm -hmm. that they know the students they know what they need they prescribe the content um, any of these content creators. So traditionally, it was a very separate thing. I think now we're seeing that bobbing and weaving of That's it right. sometimes being the same person Merging now. More. So I'm not, it definitely doesn't have to be one way. And I don't think that's the way. There's going to be people that are really good at delivery. Mm -hmm. There's going to be people that are good at curating, like you said. Um, and there's going to be people good at making the content. It could, you know, you might have that person that's good at all three. And that might have already happened in the past several times. For sure. But because sharing hasn't got to its level that it is now nowadays, you, we didn't know existed. That was the, just that good teacher in that small town that everybody remembered until they were like 40 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was just because they were that good at teaching and they did all the things and put on all the hats. But now we're seeing this weird oh, your teacher has a class Instagram page. Yeah. And yeah, because now they're connecting with their kids over COVID or even pre-COVID or after COVID, they're connecting with the, the kids and posting class announcements on Instagram. Wow. Yeah, and so, um, and there's kids Facebook Messenger and there's these, um, and then there's um, approved apps like Talking Points or these other educational co communication tools. Approved but, by the institutions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so safe or whatever. <clears throat> and so what you're saying is that you see a blending of education and creator economy. Mm -hmm. You see those two industries basically starting to overlap and merge in certain ways. And so are you saying that companies like Tract, which for anybody listening, let me make sure that it's still recording. Yeah, still recording. Uh, for anybody listening, <clears throat> Tract, T-R-A-C-T, -T, um, you're basically saying that they're headed in the right direction. You see that trend happening and you believe that that will grow. And so you want to be a part of it? Yeah, they're, um, they're facilitating a, like a community, an environment, and it's all on a platform of creators, content creators. And what's cool is... Uh, these are content creators ranging from all ages. So you might think, oh, because it's in a classroom, it needs to be, you know, some 25 plus year old, 30 plus year old person that has accreditation. But these are, some of these are other students mm -hmm. um, and they're just picking topics that they're knowledgeable about and they're making a piece of content. Um, and they make these courses and they can, they put their courses on the platform and learners um, go on the platform and, mm -hmm. um, log into their courses or pay for their courses and they see this content and tract is trying uh, has a lot of um, positions and it, they're looking for people to help create content to supply the people that are interested in learning and so they have specific subjects which are very interesting to me specifically um, but yeah the content creating as a educator is just that that realm is just very i think oddly enough cutting edge yeah uh, yeah so it's kind of interesting i yeah. I agree. It's funny. I mean, you might remember from, from Publoft days, uh, I had developed curriculum marketing. 
where what I was trying to do was yeah. basically have if we have two clients that are trying to target the same audience with educational content, yeah. let's collaborate on a curriculum style uh, content marketing approach. Yep. Um, let's teach them something. Let's teach them something yep. and let's pool our resources into creating the best possible resource rather than trying to compete for that audience's attention. Absolutely. And so I feel like, I mean, to, to your point with Tract and just like in general, this trend um, is what it seems like what Tract is trying to do is maximize the quality of the content. They're saying we're going to invest some dollars into this content because we know that if we do, it's going to be more successful. And 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 to some degree, they have they have a a, a um, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? They have a dog in the race. They do. They have yeah because like they like because they they're investing the good content yeah, to, to they're, exist. They're creating <laughs> the content and there's content out there. Then they have access to all that, and they can grab that just like anybody else can. Mm -hmm. But they're also investing in their own creation of content, mm -hmm. um, and that's you know that's when you you put a flag in the ground and go, we are tracked, um, and w this is the specific type of content that we're exploring. And when you and put the a little way bit way that we're teaching, yep, and iterating yeah. and learning, they um, on the post and when they talk about the content creators in the community, they meet regularly, they they talk to each other, they wow. collaborate. So. Um, they call um, some of the people on there are called tractal tractalty, like faculty tractal and tracks. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and so that's why I said environment community because um, you know yes, there's creators on YouTube, but unless you're a creator that goes finds another creator and you start dialogue and communicating and seeing how you can better or you're connecting with people in your community, Tract is creating that environment for the their content creators um, and educators on their platform and they're gonna learn faster. That's that's the whole goal, right? As a startup, you're trying to learn faster. Mm -hmm. We're talking about product market fit. It's you're learning. And so um, I think that's what, they're putting some fuel into that. And so if we are collaborators and we're working together, now we can we can throw things at each other. What worked for you? What worked, didn't work for me? Mm -hmm. And now what you learned for video editing, I'm gonna learn for video editing. And so the learning can just spread contagiously. Let's not make those jokes yet. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Uh, but and so and so for track specifically for you like you're you're you haven't necessarily been approaching like your your reach out to them um, as like your pitch or whatever to them as I'm gonna help you find product market fit no you're approaching it from the perspective of content creation as a content creator yeah yeah and but at the same time, like we both know yes. that if they hire you as a content creator, yes, and I'll ask if I could sit in on meetings and listen to more <laughs> things and and go if I may, um, and just recommend things or send, yeah, yeah, I'll get involved. And 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 yeah. if they're if they're smart, I mean, they're already engaging their content creators, like you just told me. Yeah, they're bringing people together in in meetings in in sessions to get everybody's brains together. Um, but if they're smart, they'll also listen to, they'll also notice that you have more, uh, you're more than a content creator and that you could really, really be valuable to them in basically leading, leading some sort of product market fit. Within content creation. Initiative within yeah. content creation. Yeah. Um, now you'll also need to uh, sort of express that. Of course. Uh, in gentle, but, but, 
you know, clear ways Absolutely. so that they can see that. Um, and it'll take time um, to learn and see what they might actually need. And that's right. So, um, yeah, so I'm trying, I'm, I'm finding that balance between pitching them and straight up applying to what they're kind of laying out in terms of positions. And uh, I think I'm going to use their funnel or their, their opening to apply since they are one of the types of companies that uh, put a posting up on angel.co, which I find more susceptible to my general generalist talents. Mm -hmm. And um, so already off the bat, I'm like, okay, they're already a little bit more open of um, a company in terms of what they're looking for because they're on angel.co. It just comes Rather with the platform. Rather than LinkedIn, Indeed. Yeah, and those companies can be open, but like they tend to be looking for a very specific thing as fast as possible. And we have a LinkedIn recruiter to message before you even reach out to us. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, any company that's on AngelList, you're right. It's like, it's a it's a one, it's a, it's, it's a filter that filters in one direction. Yeah. It's like, probably every company that's posting jobs on AngelList is also posting them on LinkedIn. Yes. But companies that only post on LinkedIn are not as interesting to you or like yeah and there's more there's no LinkedIn has the numbers. I find more companies on right. LinkedIn, but I find the the ones that get my heart to be a little bit faster are the type of companies that tend to apply on AngelList. Co, right? Yeah. Angelist. Okay, Angelist. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and I, my hypothesis is that the decision making and the communication loop is tighter on Angelist. Um, like, I might actually have the, you know, decision maker read whatever I put on the Angelist. Absolutely, yeah, you do. So. I, I remember, I remember Isaac at Crash telling me stories every time he would try to like hire through Angelist. The the sheer volume of people who wouldn't even read the post where the the job posting literally said at the top in order to be considered for this position go make a free crash account and create a pitch and then paste it in this uh no way. in this thing and like yeah like i mean like next to no applicants no way, really? would actually oh do that God. free thing to be considered for the job. And Isaac was like, all I want is to see that somebody actually read the posting, even if they didn't make a pitch on Crash, but they made it in something else, and then in their cover letter said, hey, instead of using Crash, I use Notion because blah, 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 blah. I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. But nobody's putting specific intention yeah. into these applications. So yes to AngelList, you are very very often going directly to the decision maker okay. um, or at least somebody who is going to spend more time on you if you've spent more time on them yes yeah <laughs> alright let's jam about this type form thing uh, okay. I'm going to hit uh, end here cool um,